and welcome to Happy Dance, the podcast for dance teachers, by dance teachers. I have the wonderful Helen with us today to talk about all things dance and her amazing book. So introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your dance journey. Yes, so um, I've been dancing for over 10 years and dance is, belly dance specifically, is my passion. Um, I've had the opportunity of dancing on music videos, uh, dancing on TV networks such as Univision. Um, I've also taught and danced at lots of special events. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just my passion and I love to teach it and share it with the world. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And what got you started? What was the spark that lit the, the flame that grew your business and, developed your passion yeah so I think where it started I was very young um in high school not even maybe in middle school late middle school early high school I saw a uh, group called the Worldwind dancers at my school and they were belly dancers and I just thought it was so beautiful I was so enthralled with the culture and with the dancing and the sparkles I said I have to learn this and over several years, I practiced with different teachers, um, studied with dancers from all over the world. And uh, now I'm so happy to say that I founded my own business called Belly Pop. And um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. Amazing. So tell us a bit about Belly Pop. What, what made you start it? Especially as you started it in this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, right? Because I feel like the pandemic really has been a uh, kind of a, a, a lesson for a lot of us, everybody, but especially us as dancers and creators, you know, to do something different. Um, now, I've always wanted to do something with Belly Pop. I always wanted to trademark it and uh, kind of do it on a bigger level but I never had the opportunity to um, until 2020 because I was very busy with my nine to five, 40 hour week job. And uh, while I loved it very much, I was always occupied. So after getting laid off, I was, um, I got a lot of free time on my hands and, you know, I'm used to being a busybody, So with that free time, I had uh, all of a sudden all the time in the world to make my uh, my class and to market it and trademark it and uh, yeah, share it with the world and and teach other people that they can be happy and confident with this beautiful dance. I love that. I think COVID, like you said, it's kind of given us that push to go actually what do I have to lose? I, I have this dream. I have this goal. Let's see where it takes me. Exactly. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, we, COVID is something that on a, on a large scale, we as individuals cannot control, you know? So I think we have a choice of whether we can wallow in sadness or whether we can go out there and, and do something, you know, um, and, and the, t the clock keeps ticking. So 
I think when we get to go out and do something and, and work with the cards that were dealt, uh, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. Yes, I completely agree. I think, like you said, what what we've been dealt is what we've got and how can you work with that how can you be creative and use it to help you grow so tell us a bit about how did you go about trademarking it and making it and give us some advice what would you say to other people looking to start their own yes so trademarking uh it it's it's a process especially as someone who's never done anything in that way, like when it comes to legal stuff. But um, really all you need is to make sure that you have a name for your company that's not taken anymore. The original name for my company was already taken. So I had to really brainstorm and think about what name would I want? And then just one day out of the blue, when I was eating, I thought of this name looked it up, there were no trademarks for it. And I said, okay, it's mine. (laughs) I think the biggest advice when it comes to starting your business or trademarking a brand uh, is to act on your ideas. Um, Because if you don't act on your ideas, somebody else down the road might, you know, use that idea. Um, And so I feel like everything with, with business is very time sensitive. Yeah, I love that. I think the time is now, like not one day, day one. You want to keep going. You want to start. Even if it's little baby steps, they're still going to take you further forwards than what where you were six months ago, a year ago. Yeah, I love that. I love the name too. I think it sounds really fun and fresh. Thank you so much. So did you have, obviously you said that the legal side, I must have well, I can imagine must have been really, really challenging. But did you have any kind of huge learning curves or hills you had to come over in the process of starting it? Oh, yeah. So the the top two learning curves for me were um, the legal side of things and then the the technological side of things. So when it came to trademarking my business, all of the... um, the lingo and the terms that they use, uh, it's, it's a lot. And there's a different category for each that you can put. So whether you get accepted, whether your brand gets accepted into the system as that trademark is heavily dependent, not only on whether the name was used before, but also like which category you use. So that was a challenge. Um, and then also, of course, technologically with my website and um, putting out the class. Um, I'm, I'm really not computer savvy. So I was that person looking up YouTube tutorials to get everything done. Yeah, I agree. I think, and YouTube is such a resource. I don't think that should be a negative at all. I think there's so much you can learn. And just because you don't know it doesn't mean you will never know it. And like you said, you had these massive barriers that you didn't know how to do a website, but you learned, you went, no, I need a website. So I'm going to figure out a way around it. And I think that's what people need to do. Whatever your barrier is, there is always a way to kind of navigate through or over or around. Oh, yeah, always. (laughs) Where there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. So was it before this she started the book, after this? When did the book birth? <laughs> yeah, so um, I started, so I put out my first e-course in March of last year, in 2020. And then with my book, I published it in late July, late July. So the book definitely came after, and uh, it was just such a fun process to, to come out with the book. Well, what's it about? Tell us a bit about what is it? Where can we find it? Yeah, so uh, the book is called Belly Dance Business 101. Um, it was originally created created with belly dancers in mind, but it's uh, universal to any dancer who's out there performing at gigs. It's pretty general when it comes to that. Now, the book itself talks about business practices, and it was written for people who want to transition from just being a student to actually getting paid for their dance work. Some of the things that I talk about in the book are finding yourself, as an entertainer, your purpose, finding your value, having your value and communicating that value to clients, administrative things that often we don't talk about in dance class, um, and many other things. And the book is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Lulu's, it sounds amazing. And I think what you're saying about how you need to find what you want, your creative improvisation, your why, your your purpose is so important. I think I'm only just really starting to delve into that kind of side of myself and side of my business. Obviously, I've always wanted to be the best person I can be, but I think I've, as dance teachers, we just put everyone else first and you, you care so much about the kids and the parents and what you can give. But sometimes you forget about yourself and putting you first. So I think that's so, that's so important so that you highlighted that. Yeah, it's, it's very important. We can often, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's something that I went through, you know, um, wanting to, to please everybody uh, with because dance is so beautiful. So wanting to teach and make other people happy. And then, and then also on the side of entertainment where I'm also making other people happy. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, I have to do this, that, and the third. And then we forget about ourselves and what's going on in our heart, you know? So that's so important you know, also knowing your value as a dancer and who you are as an individual, it, it can be so rewarding even when you take it into your career. Yeah, definitely. When you went through that kind of journey, did you find a book or a podcast or journaling or something that you did that just made you really connect and put yourself first? Yeah, so... um what I would do is write. I love writing in my journal, writing how I feel, um, writing my challenges for the day, and also writing my goals for the next day. Um, I've always found a hobby in dance, so I dance every day. It's it's something that I do as as a therapy, you know. Um, but other than that, um, the writing is what I 
do as well for for that uh, taking care of my feelings and and that other side of me that most people don't really see when it comes to like who I am and all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think getting almost a voice in your head out onto paper is just so therapeutic and it just kind of takes everything you're feeling and puts it somewhere else rather than like rattling around in your head. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so how did you start the process of writing a book? Like, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know where to, where to start. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it was tedious. It was actually, it wasn't hard. It just took a really long time and it took a lot of discipline to get up and and say, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, go and go out with, with my friends or do this and that. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna write this book. Um, the process uh, was not hard at all. I already kind of knew that I wanted to write this. A lot of other dancers have been reaching out to me for advice and asking repeated questions. So, I used those questions as chapters for my book. After that, it was all about planning out the chapters, planning out what I was gonna say in each chapter and typing it down. Typing down the book was easy. I did it on Microsoft Word. <laughs> I did it on Microsoft Word, very easy. I would only say that the, the difficult part came to the formatting. Uh, the formatting was, a uh, was a little bit complicated, but then again, YouTube was my friend. And it's because of YouTube that I was able to finish the formatting and upload it to Amazon and self-publish and do all of that. I love that. I could just I could just see you on YouTube researching exactly like I do. I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> Like I've got a, um, I've got a Zoom birthday party coming up, and I'm like, usually I decorate the hall and put banners and balloons and things up, but obviously I can't do that. So I've spent ages on YouTube videos learning how to do to do these frames for for Zoom, and I had no clue at all. I know exactly what I wanted to do and what I wanted it to look like, but I had no clue how to actually design the filter. And so YouTube was like my best friend. <laughs> There's just such a wealth of information. I feel like that's what your book will be for, for people as well. Like you said, you've drawn on all these questions that people and friends in the industry have asked. So it just sounds like such a valuable resource to kind of pick apart and take value from. Do you think there's kind of two or three main things that you're like, if you're starting your own dance class, this is what you have to do first. These would be my three golden pieces. Oh, yes. Oh, 100%. So the, the number one thing I would have to say is to make sure you listen to your client, whether it's your student or whether it's somebody who wants to hire you for a show. Um, my number one advice is you have to listen to their needs and their wants, especially when you're teaching. Sometimes we as, as instructors can get so caught up in what we wanted to learn and what we feel like we want to teach, but then maybe our student wants to learn something else. So it's important to listen. Another thing that I think is very important is understanding your value, 
as a dancer and, and making sure that you're, you're pricing your services fairly. You know, uh, this is something that's very important. We've taken several years out of our lives and invested our own uh, hard work into learning this. So uh, that's important as well. And I think the third thing would uh, just be to know who you are and what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do as an entertainer. And I think once you have those three things, you the, the, everything's yours. You can do anything as a dancer, as an instructor. I love those, especially the knowing your own value one. I think as teachers, we look around us and go, well, so-and-so is charging this much, so I need to charge this much. But that other person might not have thought about, like you said, all the training you have to do, all the things like insurance and first aid training and all these other things that are kind of hidden behind the scene that make you such a good dancer. But to the outside world, they won't, wouldn't think about when you're pricing a class, they'll just see that it's £10, $10, however much it is, and and go, oh, that's too much, or that's not enough. And I think there are so many kids in the world and so many people in the world that whether you're the most expensive class in your area or the cheapest class in the area, there's going to be people for you. There's going to be students that want to come and learn from you. So it's, I completely agree. I think it's oh, yeah. important to know your own, your own value. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and, and it's very true. The people who are meant for you will, will stick around. And, you know, I, I am a, a strong believer of you get what you pay for. And that's with everything in life. Yes. Did you find it hard? I found it really hard to price myself accordingly. Like when I first started out, I was one of those people that was like, oh, this person in the area is doing this. So I better, I better match or be less than because otherwise no one want to come to me. Um, and I had to really learn that actually, no, I'm, I'm a business. I need to make money. I need to price myself what I'm worth. Like you said, did you have a, a journey or did that kind of thing come quite naturally? Oh yeah. You know, so when I was first starting out, I definitely had the same problem. Um, I, I just wanted work. And I think as, as starting when we're starting out either as teachers or dance or performers, we just want to get the work. We want to get the experience. Um, so we're giving our classes away for free sometimes, or we're like charging less so that we can get more students and more work. But the thing is, all of that will come anyway. So even if we do charge a, a good amount of money for our services, we might get a, um, a slower pace of students or a slower pace of gigs, but it's gonna come. Uh, and that is something that I learned over time because uh, when I was starting out, I definitely dealt with that challenge. That's why I think it's just important for us as we pass the torch to other uh, people who are transitioning, that it's okay to charge a good amount for your services. You don't have to uh, care about, you know, whether someone's charging less or more, you know, it's all about what you feel your services are valued at. Yes, definitely. And like you said, I think it's so easy to get lost in watching your competition and comparing yourself to them. 
but everyone's different everyone's unique and so what works for one person might not work for another how one person runs their business might not necessarily be the perfect way for you to run yours and the same for students that student that would come to your class at 15 pounds might never in a million years go to the one at six because they don't see the same value in it and vice vice versa so I think it's it's really important to think about you when I think most of the time we get so caught up on what other people are doing and what our competition is doing and kind of comparing ourselves and putting ourselves down when actually we've all got successful businesses so why can't we do it our own way and they do it their own way exactly we can all do things in our own ways and all be amazing but it's it's about being ourselves and being individuals and that will attract the right people into our lives into our business yeah Totally. Um, so talking a bit about bo- uh, ballroom, Bollywood, um, how did you start? Did you have younger ones, adult classes to start? How did you start your school? Yeah. So so with Belly Pop, how I started was I really wanted to reach out to an audience of anybody who wanted to feel more confident um, anybody who was interested in belly dance, I my first several clients were in the in the in early adulthood. However, once I started growing a little bit and using social media to also gain my platform, I have a lot of younger people who are also interested in this dance. So I feel very privileged to have you know both adults and younger people. Um, adolescents interested in this art form uh, and and it keeps on growing so I'm so happy oh good and you said about social media do you use um, social media mainly to advertise your classes or do you have a, a physical premises that really attracts people to come to class or how do you how do you use it how do you market yeah so I market 100% on social media And I I do feel very privileged because the way our world is now, a lot of things are online. So um, my classes are held online. I used to teach in a studio uh, a a long time ago. Mainly everything I do now is online. And um, I just use social media such as Instagram and TikTok to promote my dance and to promote how this dance can make you feel so confident and like like I always say I feel like a princess when I'm dancing you know so I would (laughs) thank you and I would hope other people feel the same way uh you know so um but yeah I, I do promote over social media Awesome. Do you have a certain platform you really love and you find that resonates with your target audience or do you have multiples? I, you know, I would say the top two are Instagram and TikTok, even though I use Facebook and YouTube as well. Um, Instagram is more for like, I use it to show my performance side, uh, the professional dance side of things. And then TikTok, 
I use to uh, dive a little bit deeper into teaching. So um, I put little mini tutorials there. I also uh, talk about uh, some information like the history of belly dance, the history of um, costumes, what can be done, what shouldn't be done, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I would say TikTok is a little more informational and then uh, Instagram is more demonstrational. Yeah, uh, we do the same. TikTok's almost like a mini YouTube, I think. People want to learn and be inspired by things they see, yeah. whereas Instagram is a bit more kind of visual, like that's pretty. Yeah. I want to see the kind of talent behind everything. Yes. So, yeah. And um, when you uh, said about Belly Pop, is it the plan to kind of franchise it or is it going to be just you online? What's the kind of future? What's the goals? Well, <laughs> I would love to franchise it. If if it could be something like Zumba, that would be amazing to come out with like that brand and have it like in gyms and stuff. That would just be amazing. But I think the short-term goal for now is to keep it online and to grow my platform online. And then uh, hopefully it, it can grow even more and as the pandemic slows down and as people will travel more and do more things, who knows? Maybe it might be the next belly dance version of Zumba. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. So with your platform, obviously you're selling courses and classes online. Is that done via your website? Do you have a separate kind of host platform for it? Do you have like private videos on YouTube? How did you set it up? How does it work? Yeah, so the actual classes are available on the Thinkific platform. Um, it's a really great platform for anyone who wants to teach uh, classes online. There's modules um, and, and there it's, it's just overall very easy. It's a very easy platform for the teacher and for the student. And then as for private classes, sometimes I have students reach out to me wanting a little bit more instruction. And that's when I would say, okay, well, let's do a FaceTime call. And then we'll, we'll go from there. I'll teach them. I'll do like a private class on FaceTime. I like that. So there's almost like there's an opportunity to upsell if they want a bit more knowledge and a bit more face-to-face time with oh, you. Oh, Definitely. Do you have just like the one course at the moment with plans to launch, launch, launch more, or do you have a selection for different ages? What are the, what are the options? So right now I have two classes, two different courses. The first one is intro to belly dance, um, which is the fundamentals. And then the next one is professionalism. So that class is definitely much more lecture based. It talks about how to be professional as an entertainer. It was created with dancers in mind, but definitely anyone can benefit from these things. The entertainment industry, while the art forms are very different, I've noticed that the processes are the same. So those are the two classes that I have out. I am working on an intermediate course and an advanced course, and I'm also working on uh, mini courses as well. How to keep your balance, 
when you're dancing and, and all of those things as well. So I'm really excited to put those out. Yeah, that's really interesting as well. The professionalism one. Do you think there's a lot of unprofessionalism in dance? Is that the right phrasing? Oh, yeah. There's a, a, a ton. There's a lot of, unpro- I think unprofessionalism is a great way to put it because people should be acting professional at all times, uh, especially in dance. I feel like as dancers, especially as as a belly dancer myself, we already have this reputation. When we're faced with challenges, it's important to deal with these challenges with etiquette, with grace. When we don't do that, then it just kind of further pushes the stigma about us. So um, I think some ways that we can be professional is um, to, you know, again, always know our value, never back down on our rates, um, make sure we always have, you know, contract in place. That is number one. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just think always having a, a good attitude and being kind to people goes a very long way in this industry. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that people don't act professional because there's such a kind of atmosphere with dance that you take it personally, like when you don't get the job or when you don't find the student or things like that? It's kind of cutthroat, like everyone's out for themselves. Like it's about watching a competition. Um, Do you think that's why there's so much unprofessionalism because people take it too personally or what was, what's your kind of view? Definitely. I think, yeah, for sure. You know, as, as, as dancers, a lot of time, because our art is, it comes from our body and, and, and that's our feelings and it's all connected. Um, I do think that a lot of us as dancers take things personally and the way we deal with it can be very unprofessional. And I do think there's a lot of unprofessional practices among dancers, dancers in my city, dancers outside of my city. And I think, you know, I think this is something that we need to talk about more because it's really, it's really something that shouldn't happen you know because as dancers we have a privilege to share such a beautiful art form with people and every day we're given a choice whether we can go about something in a classy way or whether we can go about something in a not so classy way so I think sometimes it's important to just actually all the time, it's important to go by the five by five rule. It's something that I talk about in my professionalism course, which basically means that if it won't affect you in five years then don't spend more than five minutes being mad about it. (laughs) So, you know, thank you. I'm going to steal that, yeah. <laughs> use it myself. <laughs> sure, yeah. And it's even happened with me, you know, that I, things made me upset. Myself as a person, I usually internalize it. So it won't affect other people, but it will affect me, which I feel definitely has affected my teaching and performing in the past. So now I just try, like, if something bothers me, I 
I walk it off for five minutes and then I'll go back and I'll think of a classy way to respond to people. And I think this is a great way for professionals to go about staying professional at all times. Yeah, I love that. Um, I had a podcast with a pole dancer, Mai, and she said that dance is a motion to movement. And I've I remembered it ever since because I think it just sums it up so beautifully. And um, I think that links into what you're saying about how we take it personally because it's our emotions, our stories, our journey that we're putting out there in a creative way to the audience so it's so easy to go and send a really unprofessional nasty email or snap back at someone and things like that because we do take it personally whether we should do or not and going forwards how would you change that in people how would you change that mindset so um what what's helped me is to just realize that we're all going through something. And when we kind of take our, when we take our thoughts out of ourselves, like out of our heads, like when we get out of our heads and realize that everyone's dealing with something, I think that's a way that we can realize like it's really not about us. It's really not like I have hardships. I'm sure you have hardships. Uh, other people have hardships and we all put our heart and soul into dance. We all put our heart and soul into the things we're passionate about. So I just think it's so important to, to get out of our own heads and to realize that the world is so much bigger than just us and it'll be okay regardless it'll be okay. Yes. Like my mantra is the only person I can control is me because you do, you go, why don't they want me? Why don't they do this? And you can't, you can't change anyone else. You can only change yourself and what you believe in how you react to things. So yeah, I can, I completely agree. I think it's so important to think about you and how you deal with it and how you react to things oh, yeah. to make not only you a better person, but your business stronger and more professional going forward. Yeah, and it's a snowball effect because the way you react to something will affect the way somebody else reacts to something. And then it could change the course of a, of a whole situation. Yeah, completely. So when you um, branch off and started Belly pop. What was one piece of advice that a person, a teacher, a mentor has given you that you will always remember? Oh, yes. So um, a piece of advice that a teacher, this is someone who, whom I consider to be a teacher, a friend, a mentor. Um, a lot of what I know is because of her she told me to never be selfish with my knowledge. That really resonated with me because a lot of people in the entertainment industry as a whole, but especially in dance, they, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about with the taking things personal. They, they hold this information like it's, it's something that you're stealing. But really, if someone comes to you 
wanting advice or needing help or wanting knowledge, it's important to just give it to them because at the end of the day, they came out to you. They, they saw, they saw something in you that was inspirational and they chose you to ask. So instead of giving a roundabout answer or, you know, not like giving all the details, just be free with your information and, and that can help somebody go so far. So that's, that's the number one advice that a, that a mentor has given me. Completely. That's gorgeous. I couldn't put it better myself. Um, so we we said about what a person has given you that you were always, what would you want your message message to the world your your most congeniality moment what would what would your message advice that you give to to others be my advice to others would be to never give up and that is something that I learned just this year just this year or not even this year last year just in 2020 I learned that as soon as things seem to look hopeless, there's a breakthrough. So even on the days where you feel like you don't really, or you, you can't do something or you don't have the motivation, drink a cup of water and then just go and do it. Um, because consistency is what's going to get you to where you want to go. That's so funny you should say about water that, that that's what I tell pretty much every student that has a problem. I've hurt my leg. Here, have some water. I've got a headache. Have you drunk some water? It's like my cure-all for everything. I'm like, you're obviously dehydrated. You need some water. Very true, same. <laughs> oh, I think that's perfect. Um, so to, to round up, tell us where we can find more about you, your book, your courses. Yeah, so um, my book is available on on all of those uh, book platforms. You can look it up either by looking up Belly Dance Business 101, or you could find it by my author name, which is Helen Blondell. Um, you can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my username is Helen Singer Dancer, and I put it put it that way because I also sing. So it's just like, okay, let me make it easy. Helen Singer Dancer. Um, you can also find me on TikTok by that same name, Helen Singer Dancer. Um, I'm also on YouTube and Facebook under the name Helen Blondell. So um, yeah, those are all my platforms. Awesome. And then to find your courses, would they just search? Belly Pop or? Yeah, so to find my course, uh, you can search Belly Pop. You can also go on any one of my um, social media websites and there's a link to the Thinkific course um, and it'll take you right there. Awesome, and I'll put all the links below. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me. It's been fascinating and actually a really different angle than I thought we were going to take this. When, when I was first thinking about it, I was like, oh, I want to ask so many questions about the book. But I feel like it's gone really down like kind of like a mental health, wellness, believing in yourself, which I think has just been so interesting. Yeah, same. It's it's very important, you know, to, to think about these things. I think we get caught up so much 
in, in the performance aspect, in the business aspect, um, but taking time to really reflect is nice. Yeah, and so important. That's one of the things I think COVID's actually really allowed people is time to kind of step back and reassess what what their version of happiness is. Is it working every single hour of the week to make tons of money or is it taking more time with your family but maybe accepting a slightly less well-paid job or or what, what their own personal definition is? So yeah, I think COVID's been actually quite helpful in that way, you know in a weird roundabout way. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you so, so much. And, and like I said, I'll put all the links below so you can find out more about you.